Good day, everyone. This is Martha Childress, and welcome to the Natural Choice Network, a local platform and meeting place where sustainable living comes live. Naturalchoice.net and the Natural Choice Network directories have many great ways for a conscious community to connect, stay up to date on green resources, natural health, natural food and mind spirit. And you can also stay connected right here with me or Daryl Archer every Tuesday at half past noon on Alternative Talk 1150. Well, we have a lot of exciting updates to share today about our continuing efforts to bring safe, clean drinking water to the Hopi and Navajo tribes who have been particularly hard hit since this pandemic, especially due to pre-existing conditions from the high levels of dangerous contaminants in their limited drinking water. And gratefully, and in the large part, due to the hard work of our guest today, awareness is increasing and more help is on its way. And I'm especially grateful for the attention and support now from Dr. Churchill, CEO of Advanced Life Science Venture Capital, who is joining us today along with Leon McLaughlin, founder of the Clean Water Foundation of Washington, and Nancy Rivard, president of Airline Ambassadors. So welcome to the show, Dr. Churchill. This is your first time with us. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm very pleased you know, to be with you. Uh, having yeah. met uh, Leon and, uh, and being uh, immediately drafted into this project uh, uh, through his uh, very charming and very subtle ways, I must say how pleased I was to meet the rest of the team and to, to, to be invited to become a spokesperson. And yes, so, I, so appreciate that. I'm very grateful that we have this opportunity now to speak on this important subject. And uh, mind you, I have been um, uh, visibly uh, working in, in uh, delivering this uh, very basic uh, human right, uh, as, as, uh, as we believe, uh, uh, water to be to, 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 to the people all over the world. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a background, in the first decade of this new century, uh, throughout the organizations of the environmental parliament, of which I was the president at the time, and the United Nations with which we cooperated, as well as the member countries, all 215 of them, we agitated to make a reshuffle of the basic human rights. And we thought that as we are advancing, the human dignity requires that access to clean water and sanitation has to be a very basic human right. This was not something that had been thought upon after the Second World War, you know, when, when we established the, the Charta of Human Rights, but mm -hmm. something that had to be considered in light of the fact that as we are progressing in our societies to a visible future, we have to recall that it has not been possible to even achieve the previous human rights, let alone, you know, the future. But isn't the work of leadership always about accomplishing new things and presenting sort of like prophets what the future should look for all of our humanity? And that is what we engaged with the environmental parliament for those first 10 years of the new millennium to do. And the most important human right that we thought we should be, it should be access to clean water. Yes. Something that is denied to almost half the people who live on this earth. Literally, wow, that much. people who live on this earth do not have good access to human drinkable fresh water, free of pollutants, free of germs, free of microbes. And of course, they do not have that much access to sanitation. In some cases, it is extreme to the fact that clean water is purely unavailable. And in some cases, of course, 
it is simply that grey water is available, or the kind of water that you would not drink on the first war of the developed countries, and yet this is very much a drinkable water for the developing world. So to balance this into an equation, we finally lobbied all the countries who are participating in the United Nations, and through the Department of Economical and, and Social Affairs, UNDESA, we managed to have a vote and the resolution 64292. The resolution 64292 was passed successfully on the 28th of July 2010 by the United Nations General Assembly. And what this resolution did, and what it does today for all of us, is that it explicitly recognizes the human right to water and sanitation and acknowledges that clean drinking water and sanitation are essential for the realization of all the other human rights. Yeah, it's true. Because yeah. this is how we live. If we don't have access to clean water and sanitation, we're just as good as dead because we are ravaged by disease and we are ravaged, obviously, you know, in our own capacity to live and fulfill any type of life. So this resolution has power behind it. And I say it has power because when they asked me to be the spokesperson for this organization, I said, you know, gladly, but we've got to have some power. And they say, what do you mean? I say, well, let me tell you, I can tell you that when we passed the resolution at the UN, we gave behind it some muscle. And the muscle is that the United States has the right, the United Nations and the people who are members to it, such as the United States and all other member countries, they have a right to call upon the individual states in our great country, the individual counties, the individual cities, as well as international and local organizations to provide the necessary financial and engineering resources, to create capacity building, and to do technology transfer so we can all achieve this very basic thing. So this is where we are to be able to say that without this initiative, without the work that we did in the first two decades of this new century, this new millennium, we couldn't have had the power today to demand by any authority access to clean water for all the native people. So that becomes very much the tool, if you will, the lever that gives us the perspective to support the native organizations within the United States, because yes. although they are uh, still in some fashion independent of our federal government, they are nations that are within our borders and therefore we require to provide that very basic right to them as we are required to provide it to anyone else. Yeah, and interestingly, they, when they, yeah, and interestingly, when they um, tried to go to the government to, um, you know, say that they, that right, you know, needed to be met, um, they were, it was rejected and thrown out of court because they were a sovereign nation. So I know with everything they've done, you know, to try and go down, you know, those pathways to get it, nothing has happened so far. And so thank God, you know, well, you know, we can try and, you know, regroup and see how to, to work that systemic problem and to get some progress there. We are meeting the immediate need with some of these, um, water filters because the immediate need is still so great there and we're so happy that you're helping London Ear on that too and yeah. we definitely need help on on all rounds and um, Leon and Nancy I'm so happy to have you here too um, so 
Director Churchill, that was beautifully put. Um, couldn't have said anything better, can't agree more, uh, as I'm sure Leon and Nancy do as well. So Leon, explain how um, support from the medical community, especially here in Seattle, has also expanded from just getting water filters to the reservation uh, to take out the dangerous contaminants, you know, which include arsenic and uranium, has involved in just so much more as well. Um, yeah, we um, basically teamed up with Providence and Swedish Hospital on a bundle package to bring in water filters, medical supplies, PPE um, to the Hopi and Navajo tribes. And it was nice that they joined us because they seen the need um, to have clean, fresh drinking water along with medical supplies because yes. of the fact that they had COVID on those reservations like higher than any other place in the yep. country. So by Providence and Swedish teaming up with us so far, we've got over a half a million dollars worth of medical supplies and water units on the reservation with more to come. So we were really pleased to have Providence and Swedish partner up with us to um, and World Vision who um, supplied us with the trucks and Medline. So to have that bundle package of Providence, Swedish, Clean Water Foundation, airline ambassadors, all us join up to do this um, project for the Hopi and Navajo Trap is absolutely wonderful with more medical supplies um, to come. Well, yeah, and you know, when Dr. Churchill was saying how that 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 human right and how basic uh, the need for water is for any other human rights, you know, to be expressed. Um, and when you think that you've often mentioned too, over half of the hospital beds are due to, you know, are being occupied because of waterborne illness. I mean, when he said that half of the, you know, people are not, um, you know, do not have access on the planet to clean water, it makes sense why half the, you know, half the hospital beds are filled with waterborne illness. So this is a huge, huge problem and it's huge globally as well. And Nancy, I know your recent support has uh, helped break open a lot of the additional support we're getting ready now, you know, we're getting now too, especially from, you know, Dr. Churchill, Providence and Swedish. Um, talk about how this has all evolved for you. Well, first of all, I just want to share that I'm so thrilled to be a part of this important project with Clean Water Foundation. And uh, we are so thrilled that Dr. Churchill, who was pioneered uh, goal six, which is clean water of the Millennium Development Goals, has also joined, going to join our board of advisors. We're so thrilled. And I have a specific place in my heart for this issue in that uh, my father helped develop reverse osmosis technology. And in October, we went to the Hopi Reservation and helped deliver the first 21 reverse osmosis units that help take the contaminants out of the water. Uh, the EPA estimated that it was $22 million to uh, provide fresh water system for Navajo and Hopi nations, but they haven't offered any financial assistance. And we need to get the word out. We need to pressure the governments to do the right thing. And the Hopi don't want to build casinos on their on their reservation to gain money, but Leon's filters provide an immediate relief for families that are suffering and suffering from disease. And we already have 319 units on the reservation. We are so excited to bring more and we're planning a big concert together 
uh, to raise awareness on this issue, to raise millions of dollars, we hope, to provide clean water, which is a right and not a privilege for the entire reservation of Hopi and Navajo. Yeah, and I know that this, you know, as you say, the Hopi are sacred wisdom keepers and meditate daily for the benefit of all humanity and the entire planet. And that's why we often say, help us protect the protectors. And all all roads have pretty much led us to the Hopi in this effort. Um, and I really believe it's the most important place to start. And from there, like a spider's web, all roads will connect and intersect, demonstrating water is life and access to clean drinking water is an essential human right and essential right for every living thing and living being on the entire um, planet. And as exciting as recent support has been, it's still just a drop in the bucket um, as the need is so great and everywhere. And so I think it's really important that we do everything we can do, um, uh, you know, both, you know, at a um, on, a, on a political or, you know, a level, and especially that 64292, um, you know, uh, Dr. Churchill, if you have any, um, you know, any, anything that, any examples of ways that we can really exercise that right and implement it as much uh, to kind of break things open on, on that course. And in the meantime, all the efforts that are going on to raise money and get um, medical supplies and these clean water filters to the reservation is imperative and the need is immediate. So, um, so what, what, uh, what do you suggest, um, Dr. Churchill on the, um, uh, on any type of, a, um, maybe a, a, a political or a state or local level that we could do, uh, to kind of coordinate our efforts, um, you know, while we're also doing the boots on the ground. Thank you so much for bringing this question to us because I think this is the crux of the matter. So the matter is that when we gathered as a human assembly of nations, all 215 of them to representation on 28th of July of 2010, we actually came to the resolution 64-292 with the emphasis that we already knew from prior experience that depriving clean water for certain populations throughout history has been one way of subjugating, oftentimes destroying and exterminating via a form of genocide, those people who refuse to become part or parcel of the commanding nations. So history has been full of these examples into which there was no good access to clean water intentionally by the master, if you will, to the slave nation. Yeah. So the issue of the, of the endangered species, and I call them endangered species of the, of the native human rights, is simply because they have been in some way diminishing both in the size of the populations, but also in the size of every capacity building towards their better life. Yes. We know from the statistical analysis of public health that they are on the bottom rung of any measure of public health in the United States. And it is a, it's a simple fig leaf to explain the life expectancy of the average native person in the U.S., a male, to be closer to 37 years, whereas outside the reservation it's closer to 77. So this parity cannot easily be explained by simply claiming that, uh, you know, they are just uh, 
uh, their DNA is not sufficiently aggressive in order to survive in the 21st century, as has been said by none other than a chief of the Bureau of Indian Affairs in the United States today in the new millennium, in the year of the Lord 2021. So I would say as a, as a professional in the public health field, and also as the longtime leader of the environmental parliament, that the key perspective here is to utilize the resolution 64 slash 292 of the United Nations, not in the courts of these United States, but in the international courts of justice that are far more receptive to this kind of international dispute. At the end of the day, if the United States court delivers a decision that says because the Hopi tribe is a sovereign nation, well, it remains, obviously, for that sovereign nation to address the dispute in an international court of justice where sovereign nations discuss disputes with other sovereign nations, as is the federated government of these United States. I think that it is not a question about money in providing the relief that all the Indian tribes throughout the United States and Canada and even other countries, they deserve. I think it is mostly a way of utilizing the legal framework of the international community as has been developed since the Second World War in order to make these rights not only acceptable, but endorsed. Yeah. by the countries that are hosting those peoples. So in some ways, when you are refusing to provide clean water and sanitation to the native people who have been diminished in their own, in, in their own reservations that have been designated by the victor of the particular wars of the 18th century, mm -hmm. perceived as a crime against humanity akin to genocide and certainly collective punishment because they are not provided the same as is provided to every other community within the United States under yeah. the responsibility of local and, and federal and international human rights laws. So for me to make this a winning proposition, I can easily do by motivating the international legal bodies to come to the assistance and yeah. thus force the local uh, governors in the communities where the native peoples belong to, to provide the necessary infrastructure with federal funds. These funds are not going to come out of the budget of certain states. They are coming out of the federal government because it is the federal government that enacted the treaties with the American Indians. And it is the federal government that guarantees that peace, security, safety, public health and livelihood due to the fact that they stopped the war against, you know, at that time, the army. So I think it's a legal question and not a financial question. Of course, money needs yeah. to be raised, you know, to do things, you know, such as that. But there are quite a few pro bono legal bodies throughout the world, especially in London and in, 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 the, in the seat of the United Nations in New York, but mostly on the European continent that are agitating for the rights of peoples, specifically for this situation. And that's why it was built in into the commentary of the, of the resolution 64292, that the right to water on the Article 1, very much so, it states 
that the human right to water is indispensable for leading a life in human yeah. dignity. It yeah. is a prerequisite for the realization of all the other human rights. And that is the basis on the law, on the international human rights law, that will command and absolutely direct the local and the federal state and federal governments to provide the infrastructure for the delivery of good sanitation and clean fresh water. So I'm going to close my comment by saying that we have the resources. I will direct those resources to the proper use, and it will entail legal resources more than financial. Wow, boy, thank you so much. We are so happy to have you on our team now. That is just, that's tremendous. And that's been the missing link. And uh, we'll definitely get you connected with um, uh, the Black Mesa Trust. I know uh, that's a really good um, place to start there um, with Vern and, um, and Ernest. And we'll definitely get those things moving concurrently with all the other efforts, as I say, because it's still very, very immediate. And even though it's a Band-Aid, it's incredibly vital. Um, because as you said too, you know, not only is it a human right, you know, life is water, you know, water is life. And no one knows that more than the Hopi as well. And when you were, you know, you take water away from a, um, a community, it represses the community. Um, you can't learn well when you're sick. I mean, everything that would allow you to, you know, advance and evolve when, you know, when you're under distress. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. Extreme opportunistic diseases, they also become prevalent, such as tuberculosis, yes. which exists within all the reservations of the United States because yep. of the lack to access to fresh water and clean sanitation. Yep. So, you know, we know that things go together and that contributes to the very premature death and unjust death of all these people. Yes. We must address this. We are, we are people that we have compassion, kindness. We are known throughout the world for doing the right thing except we wait until, you know, everything else, every other opportunity is diminished. But we'll do the right thing this time, I believe, too, even if it entails a little bit of pressure, strategic pressure, from the international legal community. We well, cannot you... be practicing genocide, no. via collective punishment on the 21st century. We cannot. It is not ethical, it's not Christian, it's not moral, and above all else, it is not American. No, and it, it's, a, it's a true crime. And boy, you do come from quite a lineage of public service. Um, and just, you know, our hearts are, are wide and big and full and grateful for you. Um, and do you have any other closing thoughts? Um, because we're about to ha have to wrap, wrap up our half hour here. I shall. I wanted to, to say a prayer for the Hopi and other, other tribes in America that in our lifetime, we will be able to provide this incredible service to them and we will do what's necessary because so much can be gained by making such an effort for so few people within our country who has gone undeservedly underrepresented and certainly maligned by our lack of attention. That's all it is, a lack of attention. We have the resources, we have the money, we yes. just have to be attentive and to deploy it in a kind and compassionate manner. And God bless, I believe together we will achieve that. And if it would be that, that we spend a lifetime doing it, well, I think it would be worth it. So thank wow. you so very much. Absolutely. And Hallelujah. 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 Yes. And Nancy, what are your, what's your um, personal message or final thought you'd like to share before we go? Well, I just think that human rights this is a human rights issue, clean water. And this is what we get behind. We have to stand together. 
like Dr. Dr. Churchill said, we have the uh, the the understanding. We need the money and we need the political will to move forward. And we appreciate everyone coming together. We want you to remember our virtual concert on August 21st that will raise this awareness to a global level. Please join us. And Leon? Yes, I would just like to say if anybody would like to join us, they can see the latest projects that we're doing. If they would like to go to our website, it's www.cleanwaterfoundationwa.org and give me a call, send an email out. We would love for everybody to join us on this mission to bring clean, fresh drinking water to the Hopi and Navajo tribes. Yeah, and we'll also you can also just go to Natural Choice Net, and there'll be a link on our homepage um, to donate and to Leon's website, um, and in our archive uh, websites to all of our guests here today are there as well as links to listen again and share. And I, I have to laugh because um, I'm. You know, I'm, I'm joining remotely and my password, I'm not giving it away because no one knows where I am. <laughs> um, the password to get on the internet today was trust the force. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I do trust the forces with us and we'll continue to flow for love of water. So thank you again for joining me today, Dr. Churchill, Leon and Nancy. Um, and a big thanks to our listeners for choosing to join us too. Good day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. As you Bye. know, our choices thank create our community, our community and our experiences and our collective experiences create our community. So online, on print and on the air, thank you for making the natural choice.